The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. It is the Early Edge NFL Week 18 Player Prop Preview Show presented by BetMGM. I am your host, EC. Listen, sometimes we have good weeks, and sometimes the weeks aren't as good. And last week was just one of those weeks. Yeah, we we got a couple of field goal props. That was nice. But we had rough beats. I mean, look at Uncle Dave's with uh, with Jameer Gibbs. 38-yard run in the fourth quarter called back on Saturday night. This is just unfair. I mean, it's flat out unfair. Anyways, now we bounce back. It's week 18. And by the way, just to point it out before we introduce the the experts here, we are going to do this for the playoffs. So this is not our last show. We have a long ways to go and a lot of money to be made. So... Let's bring in the two stars of the show. The best prop betting expert in the world, as far as I'm concerned, passes the eye test in my book. That is the one and only prop stars. And the best fantasy football expert in the world. Well, because he helped me win a few titles in my fantasy leagues. So thank you, Uncle Dave, Dave Richard. Uh, glad to have you both on. Let's talk right off before we get into picks. A lot of interesting ones this week, but Prop, I'll start with you. Week 18 betting, prop betting. Is it a good idea to spend a decent amount of bankroll this week are the lines maybe less sharp? Uh, I'd say it is not a good idea to be betting heavily week 18 when specifically talking player props. Reason being, and I've talked about this at length throughout the course of the season, uh, these lines get sharper and sharper as the season progresses. I've talked about my personal action. Uh, My volume significantly dwindles by this stage of the season. I am betting very little in comparison to the early stages of the season. So yeah, I would suggest everyone to err cautiously for a myriad of reasons. As I previously mentioned, the lines have gotten very sharp at this stage of the season as well. Uh, I would suggest really trying to hone in on games that are meaningful where the teams or both teams ideally are playing for something, i.e. a playoff berth or, or have to win in order to make the playoffs. Otherwise, we really just don't know. Are our guys going to play a f- full four quarters? Uh, there's just so many variables that we can't account for. So really, again, be cautious. And then if you are going to bet, and there's going to be some bets here, we're going to talk about those today. Uh, they're going to be primarily or, or almost solely in games uh, where there are stakes and you can count on the players barring injury to play a full four quarters. Uh, it's a great explanation. But Dave, I mean, you have to put out fantasy rankings for this week, which has got to be harder than it might as well put them out for the preseason. How do you feel about spending a decent uh, bankroll this week for the games that matter? Well, I think any prop that you can justify makes sense. But there, there's something that you'll notice this week when you go to your book 
and you look to see what's available. There are games. We're recording this 4 p.m. Eastern on a Friday. There are games. There are no props posted. And so it's almost like the odds makers are admitting, look, we don't know what's going to happen. And if they don't know what's going to happen, they're not going to let you predict what's going to happen. So there's fewer games, and that lets them hone in on all the other props that are out there. They can't just throw it into the algorithm machine and have it spit out. They're able to go through bit by bit, detail by detail, which games and which players are going to be popular. Do you think that the over-under for Najee Harris's rush yards has ever been anywhere close to 60 yards this season? The answer is no, but this week it is because they figure people are going to ride on the Steelers because the Ravens have quote unquote, nothing to play for. Tell that to the defenders that are going to play in the game. Tell that to the Ravens who once upon a time with nothing to play for crushed the Pittsburgh Steelers in a season finale. It's, it's, it's going to be a little bit of madness this week. It's why we recommend that you don't play fantasy football into week 18, unless it's for, you know, a fun bowl, a toilet bowl, something like that. And throughout this show, Everybody should just pay attention to what we say. And if you agree with it, okay, go with it. And if you don't agree with it, stay away. It should be like that for every week, but this week especially, please use discretion. And you heard it from the two experts. That makes a lot of sense. Now, before we get into it, one last thing, Dave, I want to circle back to you for this one. We talked about this the other week, but in case people missed it, there are a few games this week with some very weird weather. Baltimore, Pittsburgh stands out. Same with New England and the Jets. How would you advise taking caution when it comes to weather-related games? Uh, You should expect it to be a little bit more conservative, a little bit more run-based. There's going to be more – it's going to be harder for teams to throw when visibility is impacted by what precipitates from the sky. The wind is also another factor. Uh, I know that there's going to be gusts up to 30 miles an hour in Baltimore could be over that in Foxborough. So not that you're really going to trust anything going with the passing game for the Jets or the Patriots or the Ravens with their backups or the Steelers. Well, maybe the Steelers a little bit, but the wind could play a role. So the two things that I always look for are wind and visibility. And if those things are impacted significantly, it should make you not want to touch them in fantasy. It should make you want to take the unders on all of those props, if at all, even touching them. And probably leaning into the running props a little bit more, which could be a reason, another reason why Najee's rushing prop is so high this week. By the way, that's not a play. The the Najee <laughs> prop is not a play. Not saying that he's going to go over. Proppy, anything to add as far as weather? Because, you know, we, we talked about this the other week, and I kind of got humiliated, you know, thinking, oh, this Ravens-Rams game is going to be so low scoring. It was, what, 37-31-something final. You, you never know, but anything to add? Uh, I think Dave gave a great explanation, but anything you want to throw on? Yeah, that? I think Dave summed it up uh, very well. Again, just exercising caution here, uh, betting closer to kickoff, uh, just kind of reducing the potential risk. Uh, the real concern I have for weather, uh, Dave mentioned this, is really just wind and visibility. Wind is going to affect downfield passing, especially if we're talking about gusts over 20, 25 miles per hour. Outside of that, there's no hard data that suggests rainfall or even snow really has a big impact. It's strictly wind that you have to be concerned about. So yeah, just exercising caution and waiting until uh, closer to kickoff uh, to make plays. So you have a better idea of what that weather is going to look like. Well, I'm going to open the uh, props this week with a player who's playing in a dome and, you know, I love my kicker props. So we, who can resist this one? Blake groupie of the saints over one and a half made field goals at minus one Oh five. 
So opponents' kickers are over in seven of the last eight games against the Falcons. Groupie went five of six against Atlanta in Week 12, had three field goals last week against Tampa Bay. We're riding the trend there. Plus, this is a game that matters to both teams, especially New Orleans. Uh, really, I think I guess Atlanta and New Orleans still have an outside chance with the Tampa Bay loss. So the winner of that game might be uh, would get in if Tampa Bay loses to Carolina, albeit unlikely. But I wouldn't be surprised to see New Orleans offense uh, bogged down in the red zone or thereabouts in Group E to make multiple field goals once again. Now, we couldn't bet it because Dave mentioned that there's some lines that aren't out yet. You know what I would have done if you've watched this show enough. The Jacksonville Jaguars are playing the Tennessee Titans. Brandon McManus is the field goal prop that I would play as soon as it comes out. Overs are 14 of 16 against Tennessee this year. Brandon McManus, 4 for 4 last week against Carolina. So that's kind of a bonus play that we couldn't play on the show because the uh, the algorithm is not out for that particular game. Now, before we get to the rest of the picks, where can you bet all of these props? You can bet them at BetMGM. BetMGM has all the action for every sports fan. New BetMGM customers can sign up today and get a first bet offer up to $1,500. If your first bet loses, you'll receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets with bonus code EDGE1500. That's EDGE1500. One thing we do have this week is a lot of rushing and combo best bets. And Dave, we're going to start in a game that obviously means a lot to me as a Green Bay fan with their player, their marquee player, who's had a pretty big last two weeks, gone over 100 yards rushing uh, against Carolina and Minnesota. And I believe you have some uh, good fortune for one Aaron Jones this week. I do. And he hasn't just gone over 100 rushing yards, EC. He's gone over 120 rush yards each of his last two games. So seeing 63 and a half rushing yards at minus 117 was a slam dunk over for me. It's kind of obvious that he was going to run well against Carolina a couple weeks ago, but he crushed the Vikings' previously stout run defense last week. He's regained his grip on being the lead running back in Green Bay's offense. There is no A.J. Dillon this week. He's out with an injury, and there is a chance that he loses some passing downs work to Patrick Taylor, but he's going to be the main man on offense. And I know this Bears defense has looked better over the last several weeks. In fact, their run defense looked really good in Week 15 and Week 16 against the Browns and the Cardinals. But even if we include those games, the Bears have allowed 4.5 yards per carry in their past six, with an explosive rush rate allowed of 10.4%. One out of every 10 runs is going 12 or more yards against the Chicago Bears in their last six games. So I think there's room here for Aaron Jones to get a lot of work and get a lot of yardage with it against Chicago. Here's the last thing. Jones has averaged four, Jones did average 4.6 yards per carry against Chicago all the way back in week one, and he had just nine carries in the game. Why? He got hurt in the third quarter. Otherwise, he would have had another big game then, and he probably would have gotten us off to a much better start in fantasy play. So I'm taking Aaron Jones as the lead catalyst of the Packers offense in what should be a tough game for them against Chicago, over 63 and a half rush yards. Yeah, I think that line is very low, so I like that one a lot. Now, Dave, you have another play with a guy in a, another meaningful game. Jacksonville has struggled of late, to say the least, but if they're going to win this week and, and win the AFC South division, they're going to have to lean on their running back because we don't know what to expect from Trevor Lawrence. And it's Travis Etienne, who had a monster game last week, kind of got back on the radar last week, his first game with 50-plus yards in his last five. So I'm going to take the over. I think he can do it again against Tennessee. Over 53 and a half rush yards at minus 119. 
taking on the Titans. Their past three games, they haven't had Jeffrey Simmons, the defensive tackle. That's like a man and a half in the middle of their defensive line. They've allowed 4.4 yards per carry. And in each game, a running back has had at least 54 rush yards. We know Trevor Lawrence isn't at 100%, but we do know the Jacksonville offensive line is healthy. It makes sense that ETN would get leaned on a little bit more in this must-win game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't like the rush attempts number. I haven't even seen the rush attempts number, but that number needs to be fairly low for me to like that. Instead, I'm taking the rushing yards over, over 53 and a half. And I should have said this with the Aaron Jones prop too. How high would I go? I would go probably at least another three full yards on the Jones prop and another five full yards on the Travis Etienne prop, meaning that you can take that thing now, and if it goes up, take it again, because I think both Jones and Etienne can have big games. Yeah, I think those are those are absolutely awesome picks, Dave. Proppy, any thoughts on Aaron Jones and Travis Etienne, two running backs that are playing in, in meaningful games this week? Yeah, I'm with Dave here. I, I like them to get the volume here, what we're looking for. Uh, it's difficult to project efficiency, but what we want is as much volume as possible. So, yeah, this looks like spots where Aaron Jones is going to receive a heavy workload. He's looked really good closing the season. Uh, so, yeah, I like that spot quite a bit. And uh, ETN's capable, obviously, had that big 50, 60 yard run last week of getting there on just one carry. But I expect him to, again, have plenty of work at a must win game. So, like both the spots quite a bit. Now, Proppy, you have a couple of rushing props, but the first one was speaking of over rushing yards. Here's a guy that to say he's been inconsistent, not necessarily his fault, because he plays with a coach that or plays for a coach that's probably going to get fired, you would think, after this week in Arthur Smith. But you're going Bijan Robinson over. Can you explain why? Yeah, this is a great point, EC. So uh, Bijan Robinson, right? Like this guy has had 1,300 combined rushing and receiving yards, seven touchdowns despite missing a game, really missing two games in total. Uh, by any metric, that would be an extremely successful rookie season. But when we're talking about a guy who's a generational running back, the, the expectations were sky high. But really, if you zoom out and you take a deep breath, Bijan Robinson has had a fantastic season. What's not been great or what's what's been inconsistent has been his usage. When he's on the field receiving work, he, he has really been good. I like his chances to have a big game to close the season uh, on a high note. The Falcons still have an outside shot of making the playoffs. I believe it's 14%. They need to win and then need some other things to happen in order to make the playoffs. But obviously, they're going to be going all out in this game. Bijan Robinson is clearly their best player. He's going to get the lion's share of the carries. Over the course of the second half of the season, Arthur Smith has started to figure out that you got to give this guy the majority or the bulk of the carries. Uh, he's 58 yards shy of 1,000 yards. That's significant for a few reasons. Mm -hmm. a, you know Bijan wants 1,000 yards. I think the Falcons want him to get 1,000 yards as well, especially if you're spending a top 10 pick on a running back. The, the season's ultimately going to be deemed a failure, or the pick is ultimately going to deem uh, a success or a failure based on that 1,000-yard rushing mark. So, yeah, I just think Bijan, he's motivated. He's fresh. Because of this uh, usage, it's been frustrating all season. It's a good matchup. The Saints aren't the same run defense that they've been in previous years. They're average, just slightly above average. But the Falcons are capable of running on any defense, uh, specifically this New Orleans defense. So I think Bijan's going to get 15 to 18 touches in a must-win game. I think he easily eclipses uh, this 57.5 rushing yards and has a 1,000-yard season uh, as a rookie. 
You know, Dave, that's a great point that Proppy just made. As far as players that are going for an achievable number or a bonus, when you think of something like Proppy mentioned with Bijan getting 58 yards, does that affect your thinking when it comes to playing a prop this week? Um, it does in some cases, but in this one it doesn't because I think the Falcons are just totally focused on on winning the game and trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. So it's not about, you know, like – there, there are players who have like certain contract incentives where if they need a certain amount of catches, they get an extra $100,000 or $250,000. I think those things are in mind, but that's not front of mind for the coaches. And so I am sure that if someone went to Arthur Smith and said, Arthur, you can win the game this week and play in a playoff game, but you're not going to be able to run the ball that well. Arthur will say, cool, we'll throw it. No, I mean, that's not really going to happen because it's Taylor Heineke, a quarterback. But you get my point. The, the primary goal for every single coach is to win the game. If it just so happens that they win the game because their running back gets 100 yards or something like that, and they finish the year with a strong number, then I think that's okay. By the way, I have a question, EC. Yes. But it's not for you. It's it's for Proppy. Are you, are you going to a banquet later, a wedding? What What's with the outfit today? I just this is our regular season finale. Got my uncle here. Got my brother EC. Had to dress up. We're in a new year. It's a new me, Uncle Dave. Oh, all right. I like it. I like it. New year, new me. You know, new year, new you. Well, if the Falcons were that lucky, it'd be a new team next year. Justin (laughs) Fields at quarterback, maybe. B. John Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, new head coach. Ben Johnson. You know, Atlanta's a team. Just bookmark it. Next year could be very popular in props and fantasy, and betting if they make the right head coaching hire. Just want to point that out. Prop, you have one more running back uh, prop, and it's not yardage, but it's another over as far as usage goes in a game that will be played close to me, about half an hour away from me in a stadium I visited earlier this week for the Fiesta Bowl. Kenneth Walker and the Seattle Seahawks clinging to a maybe an outside chance of making the playoffs with the Green Bay loss. Can he get it done in Arizona this week? I had to do a double take when I saw this line. It was that low. We're talking about Kenneth Walker's rushing attempts over 12 and a half. Uh, This is just a minuscule number for Kenneth Walker, who is clearly operating as the RB1 in Seattle. This is a fantastic matchup against an Arizona defense. It's arguably the worst run defense in the NFL. If they're not the worst, they're one of the three or four worst run defenses. 28th. An EPA allowed per rush, 29th in run stop win rate, uh, 32nd in defensive run grade. So they have just been dismal all year. You mentioned Seattle, EC. They need to win this game in order to make the playoffs. They do need some additional help, but they'll be playing simultaneously uh, as the Chicago Bears try and upset your Green Bay Packers if the if Seattle is able to win against Arizona and then Chicago wins, they'll make the playoffs. So they'll be going all out in this game. Uh, you have to think that they're going to lean on the run game, especially against this Arizona run defense that, again, is very poor. I like Kenneth Walker's other props as well, but this one is my favorite. I do think he gets 15 to 17 rushing attempts in this game, barring an injury. So give me over 12 and a half rushing attempts for Kenneth Walker. Dave, your thoughts on Proppy's pick, knowing that Walker has a little bit of a shoulder injury, but it is week 18 and they are playing for a playoff spot. So I tend to agree with his logic. What do you think? I think Seattle might not have the luxury of leaning on Kenneth Walker all game long, but I think in the balance of the game, the first half and at least the third quarter, it would make sense that they do give Walker some run. 
because of how bad that Cardinals defense is, and that shortens the game, makes all the sense in the world. I do think Arizona finds a way to win that game, though. And so anytime the Seahawks are expected to lose, I don't know if I can count on huge carry totals for Kenneth Walker. But remember, two of his last three games, he's had a lot of carries, more than 13. And so if all we're looking for is 13 or 14 carries, I think it would take something like an injury or the coaching staff making the conscious decision to turn to Zach Charbonnet, which they're doing on third downs. They're doing it in passing situations, but not necessarily rushing situations. I actually like the pick a lot. It should be a very interesting late Sunday afternoon. Now, I have a pick from Sunday morning, but before we get there, let's hear from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. If you are watching the YouTube stream right now, give us a like. Thank you, and thank you for doing so. Give my guys uh, the, the credit that they deserve for being the true experts that they are. Now, I have one question from the chat before I make my pick. Mike wants to know, and I'll, I'll give this one to you, Dave. Justin Fields, over 54 and a half rushing yards in Green Bay. Feels like it's an auto bet, he says. What do you think? I'm a little nervous about it because we we don't know for sure just how much rushing he'll end up doing in the game. This is yeah, this is the Super Bowl for the Bears, and it might be Justin Fields' last game in a Bears uniform. Justin's been putting a lot of good film, not great film, out over the balance of the season. I, I'm sure that there's going to be some opportunities for him to run. Just not sure if he can get over this number. This is one of the lines that I think was uh, clearly inflated by the odds makers this week, knowing that people would take the over. You know, he had that. I think he had gone over that number, which I needed last week for a bet that I had. Of course, there was a penalty and it got called back. Oh, this is frustrating. You had that happen to you with Gibbs last week, Dave. So uh, I want to ask you guys about this one that I'm going to throw out there. Rashad White's combo line is 96 and a half rushing plus receiving yards at minus 115 on BetMGM. Our, uh, our sports line AI pick bot has it at 133, so, so way above that. Right. He needs 85 yards to hit 1,000, which is why I brought up that, that point a little bit earlier. We, we want uh, a little bit of the incentives to get to that magical number. He has 20 more carries in six of his last nine games and 20 or more receiving yards in 10 of his last 11 games. He had 106 combined yards against Carolina in Week 13. Carolina, as we discussed a little bit earlier, has given up back-to-back 
100 plus yard rushing efforts to Aaron Jones and Travis Etienne. I think Rashad White gets on the board, but this is kind of an interesting prop in that if you were to bet his rushing only, it's like 70 and a half. And right. if you're to bet his receiving only, it's like 21 or 22 and a half. So there's still some wiggle room there. The books don't really know what to do with Rashad White. I would play this. I think he goes over his 106 yards from last time. So I feel like we have 10 yards of cushion here. Proppy, am I am I a dreamer here? Am I guaranteeing a bet that I shouldn't? Or is this just too good to be true? Uh, I do think we're going to see Rashad White get a healthy amount of work in this game. Panthers defense has obviously not been good specifically uh, over the last couple of games and started to turn things around. However, seeing almost the entire betting world on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I can't help but think this is going to be a little bit of a letdown spot for Tampa Bay. I like the Panthers to, to potentially pull off an upset or at the very least be competitive in their season uh, finale here. Obviously, it's been a very tough season for Bryce Young and company. Uh, but Baker Mayfield being banged up, I do think, uh, does benefit Rashad White here. But I just think uh, uh, both most the betting public, prop bettors, everyone just assuming that Tampa Bay is going to come in here and just roll over the Panthers. I do not think that's going to be the case. I think we see the Panthers uh, competitive in this game, and uh, they're a sneaky spot, in my opinion. Dave, something's going on with this game because if you go and look at the the player props for Chris Godwin, his his yardage is like 52 and a half, and he's had 53 or more four straight games. I think there's something weird going on there. There's something weird going on with Kate Otten. It is clear that they are inflating the rushing number for Rashad White, anticipating that people are going to be piling in their money on the over on him. He has not looked good running the football the last two weeks, and it's been against Jacksonville and New Orleans. Those are teams that have pretty good defensive fronts. Carolinas isn't as good. But I wonder if there's something going on with him where maybe he's starting to hit the wall a little bit at the end of the year. So I, I can't say I love this one. He, he, does have, he does have a slighter frame. He's never received this much work. And, uh, yeah, they've been riding him extremely hard. It would not surprise me whatsoever if he is hitting a bit of a wall. And I agree. As far as the rushing is concerned, uh, he hasn't looked nearly as good as he was midseason. So uh, I would have to agree with Dave here as well. I might have gotten suckered into a bet here. I guess I'll temper my expectations accordingly. Dave, you have a couple of more rushing plays this week. Uh, we're going to stick with the over theme, but this guy is not hes not in a game that matters. You're playing Saquon Barkley against Proppy's Eagles, and really neither team has much to play for. What's the angle here? The angle is that Saquon Barkley is a great matchup against a Philadelphia defense that has forgotten how to stop the run. It's actually been kind of annoying, and I'm not an Eagles fan like the proper Roo, but here they are struggling to stop anybody, and Saquon Barkley is coming against them. Maybe his last game as a Giant? I'm taking the over on 61.5 rush yards at minus 119. I think it's inflated, but not by that much. I would expect this to be at maybe like 57.5, and, and it's at 61.5. I think it's fine. I think you'd still take the over. And he's had a weird few weeks here. He had a stinker where he didn't see his normal snaps. That was against New Orleans. And then he only had 12 carries against the Rams. They're really good against the run. But in between, there was a 23-carry, 80-yard game against these Eagles in Philadelphia. Now he's going to play at home against them. And while the Giants figure that they're going to play their starters, we don't know where the Eagles are at. There was talk earlier this week that they might pull their starters. And they could 
if Dallas builds a lead against the commanders, they're playing at the same time. And so if Dallas is blowing out Washington, that's it. Philadelphia's fate as far as playoff seeding is sealed. They could pull back their guys and it allows Saquon Barkley to have an even easier matchup. But even if they do play their starters, it's not that big of a deal. Because, like I said, their run defense has fallen apart. They've allowed 5.7 yards per carry to the Cardinals last week. Two Mm -hmm. running backs on the Cardinals had 61 or more rushing yards. 4.6 yards per carry to running backs in their past five games. At least 80 rush yards to a running back in four of their past five games. I'm talking myself into this being my favorite pick of the week. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to do it. Saquon Barkley, over 61.5 rush yards at minus 119. All right, Proppy, you are the Eagles expert of the of the three of us. That's your team. Dave is everything Dave said is is spot on. But I'm gonna counter and say, well, maybe Philadelphia, since they've been a little bit rougher, wants to give this uh, a week to get back on track, kind of play their guys till the end and get ready to face likely the NFC South champion uh next week. Your thoughts on Philadelphia and maybe playing any Eagles props this week. Still waiting for Eagles props to appear, but as far as facing the Eagles is concerned, uh, just not inspiring a lot of confidence as far as being an Eagles fan is concerned and uh, thinking their defense is going to show up. Uh, Dave mentioned the success that Arizona's had. They just had just it's just been a collapse, one thing after another for this defense. Uh, I think the locker room. Uh, has been lost personally. I think because of the fact that you have a lot of really strong veteran leadership on the team, it's not going to come out during the regular season. But I think in the off season or, or at some point, we'll learn that uh, there's the, the locker room has splintered or there's been ongoing issues that haven't come to the surface here. Uh, just seeing the, the amount of talent that the Eagles defense possesses uh, and as far as the level or how they're playing just does not add up whatsoever. So, yeah, I think there are a lot of problems that we don't realize going on with this Eagles team, and I think it could be ugly uh, end to the season and then the playoffs for the Eagles. So I do think that Dave has a good reason here to back Saquon because, yeah, just not – seeing that they're not playing cohesive it's just not a team effort and they haven't been able to stop anyone so probably not necessarily a, a props question for this week but are you putting nick sirianni on the hot seat is he a guy that you could bet for a coach to be fired if there is such you know there are markets out there i believe i i think it's possible i don't know how probable it is at this point he's had a lot of success as the head coach maybe get another year at, at another shot uh just considering he did take them to a super bowl and prior to you know these final six games had obviously been having a very good season, but I do think that they're going to overhaul the coaching staff in the offseason. There will be some significant personnel uh, changes happening, well, especially the if they're Eagles, out in the first round. Right. Speaking of the Eagles, now they lost their offensive coordinator last year to Indianapolis, and Shane Steichen is on the verge of taking the Colts to the playoffs. But, Dave, you are fading uh, Shane Steichen's running back this week. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, who's one of the greats in the league, has a long-term contract against Houston, seemingly has a good matchup, but we're going with an under here. Why is that? Oh, you're on mute. Yeah, uh, got unmute. There we go. Uh, how much do I owe for the mute money? No, we don't do that anymore. We're good with that. Uh, I can't believe I did that. I was saying that I, I'm not necessarily fading Taylor. I'm trailing D'Amico Ryans. I think that his defense has been great all year. And that's why I'm taking the under on 92 and a half total yards for Jonathan Taylor at minus 119. He's been over this just once in his past five games. And we know that he's going to lose some carries to Zach Moss. It's expected that Zach Moss is going to play in the game. 
Taylor has contributed minimal numbers in the passing game as well. 16.1 receiving yards per game this year. Eight receiving yards in his last two games combined. That's since he's come back from injury. And Houston has been awesome against the run. And this has been consistent all year long. 3.1 yards per rush allowed. A supremely low 7.6% rate of runs of 10-plus yards. That's different than the explosive play rate. That number is always going to be low. But the 10-yard run rate, that seems to be a little bit higher. Not so for Houston. And only six running backs have nine or more total yards against the Texans this year. Only one, Brees Hall, did it in the past eight games. They've slammed Derrick Henry twice, Travis Etienne once, Joe Mixon once, and the Browns duo combined. That's Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt as a combo platter. So really, the idea here is that Jonathan Taylor won't catch a lot of passes, won't impact the passing game, will lose a few carries to Zach Moss, and will run into a brick wall in this Houston Texans defense. I say under 92 and a half total yards at minus 119. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense, Dave. Also, with Taylor having that thumb surgery the other week, he can't necessarily catch as well as he normally would be able to. So it's ah. you're basically you're you're basically just playing that rushing line, which as you said, seems too high. So that's a great point and a great angle on that one. Now, Proppy, you also have a pick in, from the receiving side in that particular game. On the other side, you think CJ Stroud's top weapon might have a big game. Yeah, we're talking Nico Collins here, EC. I like him to go over 74 and a half receiving yards. What a year it has been for Nico Collins. What a year it's been for the Houston Texans. Uh, I don't feel like they get the credit they deserve and the attention uh, that they should get. I mean, look at this team. If you would have told me that week 17 or week 18, they're one win away from making the playoffs, from having a 10-win season. Nico Collins has 1,100 receiving yards through 14 games, and C.J. Stroud having one of the great rookie seasons of all time by a quarterback. Just phenomenal job. I want to tip the cap to this Houston Texans team. It's been so good all year. But, yeah, we saw Nico Collins last week. One of the few props that had, I had success with was backing him. Went over 80 yards uh, despite winning that game 26-3, to really not needing to throw the ball very much in the second half. But this is one of those games, uh, as we mentioned, that has stakes High stakes being both teams are playing to win this game. Nico Collins serving as the number one option on this passing attack. But I love this matchup against the Colts. Since week 12, the Indianapolis Colts have played more cover three defense than any defense in the NFL. Why does that matter? Nico Collins has just destroyed cover three defenses this year. 3.45 yards per route run. That is an elite figure uh, coupled with a 27% first read target rate. So when teams are opting to play cover three against this Texans offense, Nico Collins is getting a ton of work and having a tremendous success beating said defense. So I like Nico Collins to continue uh, and CJ Stroud uh, to be the engine of this passing attack and what is a very good matchup against the Colts in a game that they need to win. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. 
That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Sounds like, as, as someone from the chat put it properly, this is your favorite prop of the week. It is. Dave. I want to run another prop past you guys, and, and this is really one that I want property's reaction to. Because let's say I didn't want to put that much juice on a Nico Collins play. What if I took the over on his five-and-a-half receptions? And I actually did the research on this one. I don't know why I didn't pull the trigger on it, but he's had at least seven catches from Stroud in four of their last five games together. The one he didn't was the bad weather game against a good Jets defense. Stroud left that game early. On the year, Collins has a 21% target share from Stroud, but in games where Tank Dell either barely played or has been out, there's been four such games. Collins has a 25% target share, a number that probably would be even higher if not for that game at the Meadowlands. And that cover three defense that you talked about, Alex, the fact that it's it's more of a shell. And so one of Nico's best routes is the comeback route, the hitch route, the one where he runs 12 yards, turns around, timing is everything, and the ball is there waiting for him from C.J. Stroud. I, I kind of like the over on the receptions number. I like your play too, but if I don't want to pay the extra juice, I might just put a double sprinkle on the over five and a half receptions. I got it at minus one Oh four. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I, I like it quite a bit as well. I was taking a close look at it. My only concern is that Nico has been able to, to have some big plays down the field Get, obviously, I think he has a streak going of 25-plus yard receptions, so he's obviously capable of getting behind the defense as well. But, yeah, I love all of his props. I think a volume-based approach is very smart with him as well as he could. Uh, this looks like a game where he could have 8 to 10 receptions. You know, I like Kevin O'Connell as a head coach in Minnesota, but last week he did something really, really stupid and didn't help a lot of us who were in the fantasy football championship games or if you bet props you know, Jair Alexander out for the Packers, there was a huge opportunity for Justin Jefferson to blow up. But when you start Jaron Hall, a rookie fifth-round pick, what did you expect to happen, Kevin O'Connell, especially when your team is still in a playoff race? That was not very smart. So he's going back to Nick Mullins this week, Proppy, and you are going back to Justin Jefferson. Tell us more. Give me some Nick Mullins. If you would have told me, I'd be clamoring for more Nick Mullins in week 18. But here we are. Uh, this is why we're, we're betting props in week 18. But I'm going over Justin Jefferson, 86 and a half receiving yards. I believe I put this out on the site at. This is ticked up into the low 90s. It makes sense. This one checks all the boxes again. If Justin Jefferson's going to play full quarters, which I anticipate he's going to do. Uh, despite appearing in nine games this year, Justin Jefferson is a 118 yard shy of. Of a thousand yard season. Again, I don't put a ton of stock into these incentives, but I know Justin Jefferson wants to have a thousand yard season. He's got the perfect opponent in the Detroit Lions pass defense, which has been one of the worst pass defenses into the league when they're at full strength. But yeah, we don't even know if Dan Campbell is going to play his starters in the second half. Uh, even if he chooses to, we've seen Justin Jefferson just have tremendous success against this Detroit pass defense. Last week, we saw CeeDee Lamb go for 230 yards, have a career-best game against Detroit's pass defense. So, yeah, they don't double-team a whole lot. Justin Jefferson has had exceptional historical splits against the Lions. He had a 200-yard game against them last year with Nick Mullins. He throws quite a few 50-50 balls as well. 
so he's going to give Justin the opportunities. Uh, I think Justin's motivated. He looks good. With Nick Mullins at quarterback, I think he's got a great shot to go over 118 yards in this game. So I'll also be looking at some alt lines for Justin here as well. Oh, we're going to do some Justin Jefferson laddering in Week 18. After what he did the other week, that seems like a really good idea. Uh, don't forget, was it fourth and or third and 27, whatever it was, he caught that that big play to keep them in the game the other week, even though I had Minnesota money line, so that was really frustrating that Nick Mullins threw that awful interception at the goal line. But still, uh, Justin Jefferson's a good play. Dave, I got a question from the chat from Zach here. Dalton Schultz, four receptions and both teams to score 15 points is minus 110 in that Colts-Texans game. Or you can play Schultz, four receptions and both teams to score at least 20 is plus 155. Which one do you like more of those? I'm not sure if Schultz can get to that four reception number. It's going to come down to who else is available for the Texans offense. Uh, I I think I'd stay away from both of those plays. That feels a little odd to me. So I have one last pick and it's kind of a, it's a double pick and I can't wait to ask my guys about this one. You know, I'm a Packer fan. I may be biased. I'll be honest. I think the bears are going to win this game, but I think it's going to be high scoring. So I'm going to play Jordan Love's over one-and-a-half touchdown passes at minus 165, and it pains me to lay so much juice. But at the same time, I'm also going to play Jordan Love's under 0.5 interceptions at plus 105. And let me explain why I'm going to do both. So Love has two or more touchdown passes in seven of his last eight games. As Dave can surely attest, he has him ranked fifth, I believe, in his quarterback rankings at CBSSports.com this week. Jordan Love has been a top 10, if not higher, fantasy quarterback since over the last half of the season. He has no interceptions in six of his last seven games. As I mentioned, two or more touchdowns in seven of his last eight games. In week one against Chicago, remember that? Three touchdowns, no interceptions. He hasn't thrown an interception at home since October. And by the way, with the win to get Green Bay into the playoffs, does Jordan Love get the long-term contract that he desires? Dave, I'll start with you. Thoughts on Jordan Love to get two touchdown passes and under an interception based on the stats that I gave. I I do think he's got a shot at it. I don't know if I necessarily love the the odds that come with it. So I, I think that's where I'd land on that. And then the other prop, if I was paying attention, I would know the under a half interception. Yeah. That's one that I, I actually don't like. Um, Interesting. Not that I'm going to challenge you to no. a showdown. Of on course. It. But this Bears pass rush has changed since they got Montez Sweat. And their defense has gotten better. Their secondary has gotten healthier. They've been ball hawking. And it wouldn't surprise me in the least if Jordan Love, who he he played a great game last week, and he's definitely gotten better this year. There's a chance that he regresses. You know, my biggest gripe with him all year was that he's late on throws. If he's late on throws in this game, he's going to get picked. And there's just the the odds aren't good enough. Usually I look for uh, much better odds on these types of props. So I, I can't stand with you on the interception one. But I can't say that the other, you know, the problem is that the odds on that other one, EC, I think that they're just too high. I same think the parlay material. That, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's one where I would put a same game parlay. You put the no interception and the two touchdowns right. together and get that one at. No, you, know, you, you put them with Brandon McManus over one and a half. See, years. now we're talking. That's my yes. that's my kind of thing. We but talked so, about doing that last week and it would have worked out. Would have worked out exactly. Proppy, do you agree with me that if Jordan Love wins this game? and gets Green Bay the playoffs, this is a guy that's probably going to get his long-term contract in Green Bay based on what he has shown in the last half of the season. Just your thoughts on Love, what you've seen from him, and what you expect from him against that feisty Bears defense, as Dave pointed out. 
two thoughts or maybe three, but first and foremost, if Jordan Love is going to throw for two or more touchdowns and have zero interceptions, I'm just more comfortable taking the the Packers outright to cover okay. because in the event that he does that, I think there's a very good chance that he that the Packers win the game uh, and cover the spread. Also, as far as quarterback. Touchdown props are concerned. Touchdown throws are just very fluky by nature. You just often see, you know, guys getting tackled at the one yard line and then rushing the ball. And it's just very hard to predict them. Uh, so, yeah, I just don't. I think the only time you really look at a touch for me personally, if I'm betting a quarterback touchdown prop, it's going to be, as Dave mentioned, when there's a huge edge as far as the odds concerned. Let's say it's over one and a half touchdown and it's like plus 130 or something like that in a game that has a high scoring environment that the current odds, I just don't see there being tremendous value. That's not to say that he won't cash the prop for you, EC, but that would be my argument as to why it's not something I personally back. I just don't play these props in general very often, as I think they're they're highly volatile by nature. Dave, one last thing. The receiving core has, has been in flux all year long for Green Bay, and I think that Love has actually helped his receivers play better than they actually are. That's been especially in the case of guys like Dontavian Wicks and Romeo Dobbs and, and uh, Bo Melton last mm-hmm. week. Christian Watson's been missing in action. He practiced earlier this week, did not practice on Friday. I would like your prop. I, I would I would actually consider tolerating the juice or putting it in a parlay if I knew that Christian Watson was okay because he's got that potential that that prop talked about where a, a wide receiver can make a play after the catch and sometimes serve tackle at the one, sometimes they break away from the defense and they score a touchdown. So I I put a little asterisk next to this one. And if Christian Watson's in and ends up playing, then maybe I can find a way to to leverage your bet into a couple of small parlays in week 18. Now, see, that's I love to hear the word parlay on this show. That just makes me so I know it doesn't it makes Prop go crazy. Parlays. Small parlays are good with me. Eight leg BS. (laughs) No, no. Fourteen five dollars to win the college days. Not anymore. Five five dollars to win five hundred thousand based on a touchdown prop. No, we won't go there. So here's my thing. Maybe I'm just a, a, a Packers fan who's who's, you know, spiteful of last year when last game of the year, Green Bay needed to beat the Lions, didn't get it done on Sunday Night Football. Maybe I'm just thinking we're going to have a repeat of that. And so I'm just trying to reverse jinx, uh, you know, my uh, my Packers here. I Nonetheless. Think trouble. I think the Bears have a lot to, of pride, and Justin Fields especially has a lot to play for. I've had people in Chicago – these are fans. These aren't people with the Bears, but they've told me they think that if Fields leads the Bears to a win, it will weigh enough on ownership that they'll want to keep them and use their draft capital on other positions this year. I'm playing that's the over line. crazy to me. I think they know what they have in fields, but like that's how important it is to the fans of Chicago that they beat the Green Bay Packers. Starting to that makes a lot of sense. Should be a very interesting week 18 game. Rolling with Jordan Love, but let's go pack go. All right, time for the recap screen. But instead of asking you guys your favorite props of the week. Can you each throw out one that, you know, we, we had mentioned earlier in the show that there were a lot of props that were not on the board, that there were a lot of games that weren't like Jacksonville, Tennessee, for example. Is there something when a line comes out? Oh, uh, yeah. Prop, I'll start with you. If, is there a game, maybe like an Eagles prop, if something came out uh, a little bit later on that you would look into, make up a fictional number, something like that? Whew. Uh, I know A.J. Brown has been really disgruntled behind the scenes. He's been chirping. Typically when he chirps, he gets some real squeaky wheel, uh, gets the grease. Uh, 
I, I think especially if Devontae Smith ends up sitting out the game, we could see uh, AJ go nuclear against the Giants' pass defense, which has not been good. So, yeah, I think AJ Brown, especially considering he struggled by his standards over the last four to five weeks, we could see his line again with Devontae Smith probably opening somewhere between 75 and a half yards and 79 and a half yards. Without Devontae Smith, I typically aren't expected to maybe be around like the 80 to 84 yard range. But yeah, I just think this is a spot where AJ Brown is going to be fed a serious, serious chunk of the air yards and target share. So he's a guy I'd be looking at. I've got the official. Week that, yeah. uh, sorry, EC, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I've got the injury report from the Eagles. Devontae Smith didn't practice all week. He's out. Uh, I would look at the receptions prop as well for AJ Brown. Can I just roll into the one that yeah, I'm going to Yeah, of course, yeah, 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 sure. Save you some voice there, EC. Uh, Zamir White, running back mm-hmm. for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't expect Josh Jacobs to play. Why would he play in a meaningless Week 18 game? That Broncos run defense, as good as the Texans' defense has been this year against the run and how consistent they've been, the Broncos' run defense, other than last week, PU. They've been terrible, and Zamir White's going to get the ball a lot. So I don't know what the rushing attempt number would be. I don't want to tip off the odds makers on what that number should be. Same thing with the yardage. But let's put it this way. I'm not sure they could make a number high enough where I'd say, oh, I'm not going to take that. We've talked about some high numbers for other players on this show, other running backs on this show. And if those numbers, those high numbers were there for Zamir White, I think I'd still take the over because I think he's going to be able to run rough shot over the Broncos. I'm with you, Dave. I'm with you. Yeah, I was looking at Zamir White props, and of course, for some reason, that, that game is not on the board. Unfortunate, meaningless game between Denver and Vegas, so I love that, and great call on that proppy with A.J. Brown. Just too bad he's about eight weeks too late. His la- I mean, he really has struggled in the second half of the year, all things considered. Been disappointing, especially from a fantasy football perspective. Go ahead. I would, I would say last thing you see is I expect uh, in that very same game, Dave mentioned uh, the Raiders and the Broncos, the opposing backfield, I think we're going to see Jaleel McLaughlin get the bulk of the carries as well. Uh, Javante Williams came back from the multiple uh, ligament tear, incredible recovery time, didn't have the greatest season, but the Broncos want to get a good look at Jaleel McLaughlin, who's been a really explosive option, uh, looks to have a three-down skill set as as well, I could see him having a lot of volume there. Uh, so it could be the battle of the backup running backs who have outperformed uh, their st- the starters all season long. You know, I know we talked about Week 18 being meaningless, but I'll tell you, for the last 50 minutes, we've given out a lot of great info, a lot of things to pay attention to. So make your props wisely and uh, listen to my guys. They are the best in the business. For Proppy and Uncle Dave, I'm EC. Don't forget Sunday, noon Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, the football preview shows. You can find Proppy on those. As I always like to say, let's hit it big. Good luck. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying The Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for The Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.